Oh my, okay, there you go. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to our outdoor service. Yeah, that's why there is a band of one today, because this was supposed to be outside, but we're going to do it anyways. Um, I guess anyone who wants to go outside, by all means, you can stream it from the parking lot, sit in your car in the rain. Um, but we're so happy that you're here today, whether you're joining us online or you're here in person. And we're so happy you're here. Um, I'm going to be real with you guys this morning. It has been a rough week. The air has got my sinuses doing something. And it is a humbling experience to be a worship leader with no voice. So we're only going to do two songs. And um, I think it'll be great if you guys sing along. Because if I stop singing, we're still going to make a semi-joyful noise, I hope. But that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start with worship through the music, and then my father is going to bring worship through the word, um, and I'm going to pray over us this morning. <coughs> God, thank you so much for um, your continued presence and just your faithfulness. I just feel like you've been such a faithful God through, through the hills, through the valleys, through the good and the bad. You are constant and you are faithful. And I thank you for that. Um, I thank you for this community of people that you've brought together. And I thank you that we have the freedom to come together and worship you under one roof. So we pray, Holy Spirit, come in this place. Um, we want to feel your presence this morning, Jesus. So we say... Um, Come worship with us. Come be in this space. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to put the lyrics on the screen, and we're going to get started with some music. And 
And I know you will do it again For your promise is a yes and amen You will do great things God, you do great things Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave You freed every captive and break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken the light. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things. Above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable,
Such a great God. Amen. You guys sounded great. That's all I got today. You can hear it. Thank you, Kaylee. Appreciate it. Welcome to the Vineyard Community Church. It's nice to be back. Last weekend, I was down at Mid-Ohio with Janice and some of the youth. They had an awesome time. and We'll have a little uh, video clip and stuff of that next week. Again, we didn't plan it for this week because we were going to be outside. We're sorry that we had to uh, move inside, but the rain, not possible. It's here, and the air quality, we chose to do that. I heard something this morning that kind of impressed me, and this being the July 4th, weekend, and that is we don't know all our veterans, but we owe all our veterans. So can we please have any veterans we have in this? Please stand up. Thank you. Thank you, Rich, for those who uh, help protect our freedom. Thank you for your service. We appreciate it. Reminder that we live stream each Sunday service on Facebook and YouTube. Today, Pastor Jim's going to be preaching for us why we are here, where we are going. Where are we going? Hmm. Today's message is Make Space for Response. It's found in Luke 19. So you can grab your Bible or your cell to look up today's text. The Food Resource Center is closed, of course, because this Tuesday is July 4th, and we're going to be out celebrating. So. Come back next week. We can always use your help on Mondays to uh, pack uh, the bags and then on Tuesdays to give out the food and clean up. Next Saturday, July 8th, you're invited to come. Bring your friends to our Christmas in July Christmas for Kids fundraiser. It's a barbecue ribs. Who doesn't like barbecue ribs? Come on now. That's good stuff. Come and be here. It's the good stuff. And it'll be from 12 to 4. I know it was advertised till 5 in other places, but we're going to want to close it up at 4 in the churchyard. Rib dinner, including size, for $20. One free kids' meal with each adult meal. Also a basket auction, 50-50 raffle, family games, all right here. And we could use some more help, people. So volunteer, come and help with the rib cook-off. Our next women's worship and brunch is Saturday, July 15th from 12 noon to 2.30. The title of the event is Jesus Sees the Marginalized. Jesus Sees the Marginalized. Good topic. Sign up in the lobby. Sign up to bring an ingredient for our taco, 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 tacos Saturday. <laughs> it's not Tuesday, it's Saturday. 
Our next outdoor service will be on Sunday, September 3rd of Labor Day weekend, so hopefully we won't have air quality issues, uh, rain, too hot, or any of those things. We'll actually be able to go outside because that's always a fun thing to be able to do. Remember to drop your offering back in the table back in the back of the sanctuary. Also, last week we collected the building pledges, so if you didn't get a chance to do that, please uh, put that in back there. Again, this is a renewal for your pledge from last year. If you've already done it, and please renew it and make sure that you put your donation to the building back there too. So God bless, and Pastor Jim will be up in a moment. Good morning, everybody. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Everyone doing okay? That's thumbs up. That's cool. If you're new, we welcome you here. If you're not new, well, it's good to see you again. Today we're going to continue on Why Are We Here? Where Are We Going? series. And I am... uh, I'm just honored to be able to share. Um, As they said, my name is Pastor Jim, and I'm one of the pastors here. You may see me doing worship. That's what I've been doing most of the time. And I can only tell you it is very humbling and it's very proud uh, just to see my daughter crush it, you know, do what God's called her to do. It was the perfect storm this week. About Wednesday, Kaylee calls and says, hey, I can't breathe and I can't talk. And I'm like, hmm, great. And we had the outdoor service planned, and I'm like, so what are we going to do? So I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking, and I was just like, well, I guess I can do worship and then I can do a wardrobe change, and I could come and give the message. And then about Thursday, I started having respiratory issues and couldn't breathe and congestion and all that stuff, and a lot of that stuff. <clears throat> so I thought, God, you've got to have to do something, because um, first of all, we were still making decisions on whether we are going to have it outdoors or indoors. I don't know if it's wrong, but when I woke up and it was raining this morning, I was like, God, thank you for making the decision for us. You know, but it was the trifecta. It was the air quality. It was rain possibility. And it was just the heat. And I know we know what it's like to be up on the platform when it's so hot and humid. And I can't imagine, 
you know, it's the same for you guys. So, um, Brent and Teresa are enjoying their time away. They're in Minnesota right now. So if you could keep them in prayer, that would be cool. Um, they'll be gone through next week. And, uh, yeah, I just, I was thinking about something. We, we have our rib uh, fundraiser for CFK next week. And um, as, of, as of this week, we really had nobody signed up to volunteer. And I think, like for me, there's this per- perception, like you can belong to a church that does outreach, but you could be the church that does outreach. And the reality is not to say that everybody has to do everything all the time. But we are a church and we are a community that takes our church outside the building. And we love what we do. We have opportunities to serve in so many different ways. And this is one way for us that really is a significant impact for the funding for our Christmas for Kids program. So um, it could be easily as simple as show up early as we set up because we're going to need a lot of help setting up. Once the flow gets started, there's kind of not a whole lot of need for extra people. But at 4 o'clock, there's a huge need to break everything down and put it away so that we can do stuff for Sunday. So think about it. Um, You know, those of us who will be there doing it anyways, uh, we enjoy it. There's a passion for it. But also there's a huge need because we want to still be able to keep reaching out and serving our community in the way that we do it. So let's pray, and we're going to get into talking about Zacchaeus today. Well, Father, today, um, I loved Kaylee's word about faithfulness. You are faithful, God. You are faithful even when we fall short in many ways. You make up the difference all the time. And I just thank you today for uh, just your continued faithfulness in this community, your continued faithfulness in all that you have for what this community is about and what we do to uh, reach the least, the last, and the lost. So help today... Let the message be what each person needs to hear. And um, again, we just thank you. We thank you for that faithfulness for each and every one of us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Zacchaeus. It's really um, a very short snippet in one of the Gospels, and it's in Luke. It's the only Gospel it's in. And if you haven't uh, have a Bible or your phone or whatever you're going to look it up, it's Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Um, Jesus is on his way to Jericho, and if you think about coming out of chapter 18, it's when Jesus heals the blind man, and he goes and he sends him off. And all this time through Jericho and then on to Jerusalem, Jesus is moving towards ultimately 
um, his journey to the cross. So let's read, starting at verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be with the guest of sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house, because this man too is son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So, Father, bless these words in the scripture today. Amen. So, Jesus is passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. And, and at this point, large crowds have always started to gather. There was very little time that Jesus had where where he was going that people weren't surrounding him and creating just this big event so we see that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus and he climbed a tree the funny part is when you read some of the commentaries that said the sycamore fig tree and I thought that was kind of peculiar why don't you just say a tree well they say it was a sycamore fig tree because it was a shorter tree that had branches closer to the ground. And of course, Zacchaeus was a short person. So didn't say he put a ladder up against the tree and then climbed the ladder to get into the tree. So <clears throat> when we think about it, who is Zacchaeus? How did people view him? And here's the question. What made him climb the tree? What made him climb the tree? How had people looked at him doing this? You know, in the culture where he lived, at that time he would have been ridiculed. He would have been mocked. And he wasn't very popular. In some ways he was considered the scum of the earth. Because he was a tax collector. He's not only a tax collector, but he was a chief tax collector. So he was the big kahuna of tax collectors. So that was probably meant that he was either over multiple regions or he was over an entire country that he was a collector for. But again, I ask, what made him climb the tree? Well, it says he was short and a very wealthy man, and he was hated by most everybody. He also had to hear stories about Jesus. And that's what I really want to start unpacking here because crowds were gathering. So at the very least, Zacchaeus probably had some curiosity or interest because he's heard the name Jesus or he heard story about this person named Jesus. Maybe Zacchaeus 
started to question his life choices. Maybe there was something different about Jesus. So again, I ask what made him climb the tree. I think he wanted to be able to see Jesus and he was willing to humilify or be humiliated to do it. He was willing to put himself in a position because people feared him, although I think he might have been the one that had the Napoleon complex. He was this short dude, but he was wealthy. He was powerful, and although hated, people still kind of you know, bowed to his authority. So here's where I think, I, I think things changed. So it says, Jesus looks up and notice, he notices Zacchaeus in the tree. Now, Jesus didn't say, hey, you, come down from the tree. What did he say? He said, Zacchaeus, come down. Jesus knew his name. How significant is that? How significant is that? Whatever Zacchaeus was looking for at that moment was fulfilled when Jesus called his name. Why did he climb the tree? Jesus said, Come down here. I must say to you, I must stay at your house tonight. Not only did Jesus know his name, but he wanted to hang out with him and create a relationship with him. The people all around watching started to grumble about what had just happened. You know, there was a disdain, there was a hate for Zacchaeus. He didn't deserve any attention from Jesus. They wanted Jesus to judge Zacchaeus like they did. He's going to be a guest of sinners? See, the irony is everyone standing in the crowd were just that. They were sinners. But they were pointing the finger saying, wait a second, you're not going to stay with that sinner, right? Because he's a worse sinner than all of us sinners. Or don't we tend to push off our sin side when we're accusing other people of sin? Did you not hear the question? <laughs> yeah, it was hard for me to ask it too. See, something changed in Zacchaeus. And here's where I think when we find him humiliating himself to go up in the tree, that there was a curiosity to see or maybe even put a face to who this Jesus was. When he comes down out of the tree, he addresses Jesus by saying, Look, Lord. He identifies Jesus as Lord. There's a change happening. And I think the change started happening because when Jesus called Zacchaeus' name, there was an identity there. There was a recognition that Jesus knew Zacchaeus. And I think Zacchaeus climbed the tree because he was hoping that there would be an answer to what that curiosity was for him. He said, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And he said, four times those I've cheated, 
he would make amends for, and after that he would probably have very little left. And that four times is something that comes out of Old Testament, out of Exodus, where, where there was repayment for issues. It was normally four times the repayment of debt. So I guess I don't know how wealthy Zacchaeus was, but if you're giving half of your possessions to the poor, and I'm pretty sure he wronged a lot of people, and you were giving four times back, how much would you have left? Now, one could think that this was a buyout, where Zacchaeus was trying to pay for his, his, I don't know, his change of heart. Or maybe because he got caught, that Jesus knew him, and he was like, whoa, I might as well do right now and pay back everything I need. Some form of restitution, I think. But here's what I think. I think that at that moment, Zacchaeus realized that his entire life chasing wealth was the wrong wealth. Absolutely the wrong wealth. His security, his power, and his status was in money. Ever been there? Zacchaeus' entire outlook was changed at this moment. Jesus called him by name. And you know, the important part was Zacchaeus heard him. Zacchaeus heard him call his name. And he found greater wealth in what Jesus was offering at that moment than what he could ever gain being a tax collector. Do you see the radical shift? And it's a cute Sunday school song and we learn about Zacchaeus in those, in those words. But in response, and that's why it's titled What is the Response? We have this reality of, of Zacchaeus who is living one life, who's walking one way and has some curiosity or even just wanted to see at one time because of all the stories who this Jesus was all of a sudden has a radical life change because Jesus noticed him or because it was at the moment that when Jesus called him that he heard him. Jesus says, Today salvation has come to this house because the son, this man is the son of Abraham. And last week Brent shared about the gospel or what we call the good news. And I think Zacchaeus started to hear and believe the good news or the gospel at that moment. Because ultimately, no matter what, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And he came to bring salvation. So if you really want to know the overarching theme for what these ten uh, scriptures are, it's salvation. It's understanding the salvation and the change that when we hear Jesus or when we wait or when we have the desire, the curiosity to hear Jesus call our name or we, we pause long enough or we have the curiosity to, to just say, what? Was, was that you, Jesus? And Zacchaeus goes through that in, a, in a, just a one-word calling him by name moment. If we think of salvation, it's deliverance from sin 
and its consequences brought about by your faith in Jesus Christ. It's not to be taken lightly. Salvation, the forgiveness of sin, or the deliverance of sin, and its consequences. Amen? Amen? I mean, that's good news. And that's this whole message. Jesus came to seek and to save. And we see the example here. The story is about salvation. The belief in Jesus for forgiveness of our sins. You know, Zacchaeus wasn't paying back the money to buy Jesus' favor or salvation. Zacchaeus realized that cheating, stealing, power, money, all of those were his idols. And they were worthless compared to what Jesus had to offer him. Amen? At what length are we willing to go to meet Jesus and see him in our lives? Zacchaeus humiliated himself by climbing a tree. Are we willing to look silly? Are we willing to be embarrassed? Are willing to act like fools? There's a great video out. It's it's super old, but you can still get it on DVD. It's called I'm a Fool for Christ, Whose Fool Are You? And it's John Wimber just speaking exactly about this. At what lengths are you willing to be that to somebody and not be concerned about how you look, what you sound like. The other question is, are you willing to do whatever it costs? See, for me, growing up, I grew up Catholic. We went through all of the, you know, CCD stuff or PSR, whatever they call it today. So there was four kids in my family. I was the third out of four, and then my younger brother's four years younger than me. So we went to St. Pascal's, and we all did our CCD stuff. We made our first communion and our, our um, confirmation. I was going to say my first confession, but nope. Um, confirmation. So it was different because... When my younger brother got through all of those things, I distinctly remember my parents uh, basically in, in, I think we were around the dinner table one time, and they said, we have done our part. We've gotten you all through this CCD stuff. Now it's going to be up to you to choose your own way. And that was it. We stopped going to church. We stopped doing whatever and uh, it was a challenge, but at that moment, like for us, it wasn't really a pleasurable time. We didn't have glorious drives into church or glorious drives home because really nobody wanted to go. So we were really told to find our own path, and I don't know, I must have been 13 or 14 years old maybe. I didn't know what that meant. All I knew is it meant that we didn't have to go to church anymore. But then certain things started to happen in my life 
down the road. Like when I mean down the road, I mean like probably late 20s. So the first thing that happened was my younger brother at the time went through a radical change. Like he was, he and his girlfriend at the time were in some really crazy stuff. And basically overnight, they went to a service and woke up the next morning freed from everything that they were addicted to. Crazy. Now, me being the good Catholic boy, all I did was try to snare him in everything I could snare him in. Like I'd invite him over to the house and have things all out and available, and he would just turn and walk away. Like I'd try to catch him in his lie because I knew it wasn't true. He couldn't have been that radically changed. And he was. So at that moment, I was, I was, the, I was the ridiculer, you know? I was like, well, this is only a phase and his girlfriend, who is now his wife at the time, this isn't going to last, you know. Because, again, I didn't have really any kind of, I didn't have really any kind of example. The challenge was that at that time, as I was going through life, and, and I was on this path, I was moving up the ladder in the company I was working for, I finally went from kind of a, a machine cleaner, now I was in sales and marketing, I had done everything in the company, and I was striving for the bigger, better deal. I wanted the, the white picket fence, I wanted the, the big house, the two and a half car garage, the kids, and I was working hard, but I was realizing in my life, if you weren't going to help me succeed, then I didn't need you. So I was very easily stepping on you to get through you to the person that was going to be able to help me. And that's, that was a rough way to live. So my climb in the tree moment was little by little, things that started happening, and especially with my brother. My brother would, would share things. He would, he would tell me things that were like not, not plausible, that weren't real. But then I found myself kind of thinking about things in the, you know, like just, I, I knew enough being raised Catholic and I knew enough of the Bible that certain things would trigger certain things in me. And as crazy as it sounds, I used to be into the WWE wrestling or whatever. And if you remember Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was 316. And I didn't know what that meant. And everybody was holding up these 316 signs. And I forget who I asked. I may have even asked Denise, what is 316? And she said, oh, it's a Bible verse. Okay. Kind of dropped it. But then I was like, I got to figure out what this 316 is. For God so loved the world. Right? So the sneaky way God works is that Christmas, my wife gets this beautiful Bible as a Christmas gift. And she happens to leave it out on the table all the time. Well, little did I know that she had marked where she had left the, the Bible at, and then when I would read it, not telling her I was reading it, 
I would move that and then she would come back and it would be moved so my my trying to keep it a secret wasn't a secret anymore. But the reality for me was there was some kind of curiosity going on that was giving me an opportunity to have a little bit more freedom or have the door open a little bit more to realize that maybe there's something more than what my previous understanding of who Jesus is. And my climbing the tree moment was the moment when there was just this opportunity over those months to then just try to figure out to say, okay, I don't have any more answers for myself. Maybe there's opportunity for me to explore this. Now, I'm not going to say I'm the, the smartest person in the room because it only took me six years. So if you're before the six-year mark, you've got a whole lot of time you can do this. But it took six years, and I met with Brent probably once a month or once every other month. I saw my brother go through some radical changes in his life. And that, to me, was the point where I finally climbed the tree to hear Jesus calling me. He used Brent, he used my brother, and he used this church. Now, six years, I was in this church. I was, I was here. This was my community. And it was pretty crazy. But this church was very, very important in this whole thing. And then I finally heard him call my name. And I came down from the tree to meet Jesus. And I said yes to Jesus. And that day, he moved into my house. He moved into my physical house. And he moved into me. And that's the radical change. That's what Jesus is seeking after. Now, it didn't come without a cost. Surely there was times for me when I said, what are people going to think of me? What are they going to say bad about me? I heard all the time from my family and close friends, what do you mean you're going to church? What? You're going to a Bible study? Don't you get enough of that on Sunday? Wait a second, you're telling me it's another evening day of the week that you're spending doing this? Even so now you think you're better than we are. You know, the reality in my life, my dad stepped foot in this church one time. And that was the day Denise and I got married. After that, he never stepped again in this church. And he was one of the biggest person, people in my life that pushed back. After so many years ago saying, pick your path, that he was so objective against what we were doing. And both families, my wife and mine, thought we just fell off the deep end and joined some kind of fanatical group. Which we are. We're fanatical for Jesus. 
You know what people are saying around us can't outweigh the free gift of salvation that Jesus gives us. In the past 24 years, I've been giving away things in my life that took the place of Jesus for the gift of my salvation. It's a journey. It's a day-by-day thing. What things are you holding on to that are taking the place of this free gift of salvation from Jesus? Have you ever looked silly? Have you ever took the chance maybe to climb down from the tree? Are you willing to come down if Jesus calls you? It's a challenge. But sometimes in our life, we first of all, we have to find that, that we need to, to move in that direction of whether it's curiosity or whether it's putting a determination behind it. But we have to not only slow down, but we have to have a desire to get to that place where we slow down enough that we can hear when Jesus calls. And if you're like me, he used many people in my life to bump into me, to show me different things, to teach me different things, to do different things in my life that kept representing who Jesus was. I'll never forget one kind of those freaky stories. We were, uh, <clears throat> after I'd said yes to Jesus, I, it was a couple weeks later or what have you, and just to tell you what kind of faith I had, I said yes to Christ, and my first, I don't know, however long part of my journey was waiting for the shoe to fall. I'm like, this is super cool, but that, that other shoe's going to drop, and it's going to drop pretty quickly because nothing can be this good. So I don't know, it was two weeks, a month later, whatever. Um, Denise and I were really short financially, and we were actually behind. Um, and we needed to pay a couple bills. And we were kind of freaking out because we didn't have the money. And all of a sudden, uh, one day, Denise goes to the mailbox, opens the mail, and... There was a refund check from our insurance company that was for the exact amount that we were short to cover those bills. So if you don't know this, Jesus works through your insurance company. Just so you know. Yeah, so pray to Jesus and then to whoever you have your insurance through, of course. Today's salvation has come to this house. House meaning Zacchaeus. And you know what? It's so awesome for me to believe that not only did it come to Zacchaeus' house, but every generation after that for him. At least in my heart of hearts, that's what I think. And he said, this man too is the son of Abraham. You know what? If you know Jesus, we are all sons and daughters of Abraham when we accept the free gift of salvation from Jesus Christ. Remember, because salvation is the deliverance from sin and its consequences brought about by one's faith in Jesus Christ. I 
I think in one way Zacchaeus had this idea or maybe this curiosity to see who this Jesus was or put a face to a name. I don't think he ever knew that at that moment when he called his name that his life would radically change. And I think that's the same for you and I. I think, I think when we get that chance, when we hear Jesus call our name and we come down out of the tree, our lives will be radically changed. But it's an action. It's something we do. You hear your name called and you come down. You hear your name called and you say, yes, Jesus. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus' eyes were open and he said, Look, Lord, I'll give away everything that I've wronged and four times as much. Maybe for you and me, like, thankfully I didn't have all that money to give away. But there's a ton of stuff that I had to give away. And there was a ton of cost in my life. When I said yes to Jesus, and it wasn't something that it was like, oh, I'm so mad I've given this away. You know, I'm so mad to give this away. You know, ultimately it was crap in my life that I didn't need. It was junk in my life that I was holding on to because I found it more valuable than Jesus. I found that wealth. I found that stature. I found that status was something that was so much more important than being a fool for Christ. So it's not raising ourselves up to get to a certain level that we can find that we're here at this level and now we can represent Jesus well. He says, no, I just, I just need you to hear me when I call you. I just need you to say yes when I call your name. And if you do, your life will be radically changed. This series about why are we here and where are we going? So why are we here? You know, the reality is maybe you're here because you're trying to figure this all out. Who is this Jesus? What is salvation? What is this guy talking about? Am I listening when Jesus is calling me? What in my life do I treasure more than the gift of salvation that Jesus gives? That's one to just sit and ponder over. What's more valuable in my life right now than Jesus' gift of salvation? I'll give you five minutes to think about it. Where are we going? We do what it takes to be in the presence of Jesus. We helped loved ones and dear friends hear his amazing gift of salvation. We ask them if they've heard Jesus calling their name. And we go have a meal with them. And then we repeat 
we go back through it all over again. See, there was action, and our life can be the same way. So what we're here for, why are we here, is that the reality is each one of us is seeking and searching. And if you found Jesus, and Jesus is still calling your name, and you're doing the things that he's asked you to do, he's not asking you to keep them to yourself. And if, if really the ultimate thing that Jesus did in his whole ministry was to serve. And he was to save people. Now don't get me wrong, it's not us that will ever save anybody. But we can be the signposts that point people to Jesus. We can share our stories that point people to Jesus. We can tell people of our lives of tragedy that fulfill because of the trust and the faith, faith and the courage we have in times of, of need. When the bottom falls out, or even when we're, we're close to that victorious moment where we might forget about Jesus, we really find ourselves in a place that that's where we're going. And that's my encouragement to all of us today. That encouragement is to to think about the gift of salvation being set free from sin and all its consequences and then share that good news with everyone that we meet. Do you get it? I mean, if it was important enough for Jesus to do, don't you think it's important enough for us to do? And I'm talking to myself here, so this isn't a me to you. This is a me to me thing. But that's the truth. So this cute little story of Zacchaeus that, like when you read, it's like, here's this short guy, he's wealthy and he's a jerk and he climbs a tree and he comes down and Jesus stays with him and he has food. and It's just really this cool story of not only salvation, but the transformation of one person who put everything he knew into the wealth and cheating and stealing. And it changed almost instantly when he said, not anymore. And there's multiple stories in the Bible that talks about trading what we find valuable for for the price, for the pearl of Jesus. Are you ready to do that today? Are you ready to do that today? Oh my gosh. All right, I don't believe you, but that's okay. It's a cool story, but it has such huge ramifications. And when we see that Zacchaeus walks through this event starting out one way, and leaving to be never changed again. And if you don't know that Jesus, I want to invite you to meet him today. Because he's a radical dude. And he's a friend. And he wants to share your house with him. That's what I'm talking about right there.
Let's pray. Lord, you use all things for so many different purposes in our lives. It doesn't matter our past and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um, whether we think we've been good or we've, we've not been good, we've failed or whether we've had challenges. What I pray for today is I pray that, that we can get to this place where we can slow ourselves down and if we've never, we've never paused long enough to even think or even uh, listen to see if you're calling us, that we take that time to do that. Jesus, you, your whole ministry was to, to save people and to see that that nobody didn't hear the good news of the gospel. And that salvation and the gift radically changes our lives. So we thank you for that. Today, help us open our hearts to just see where we are in this whole place. What may be the things we have to give away that we still hold on, that are idols, that in some way take the place of you. And I know you're, you're kind, and I know you'll, you'll tell us and help us to be able to just give those things away. And if by chance today there's people here who have never, never just stopped long enough to hear your name, Just let today be the day that they hear it, that they hear you call them. Continue to be in our community and we again continue to thank you for your faithfulness and all that we're doing. And we just pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So we always offer prayer, which is a super important part of our, our ministry time. So I'm going to invite small group leaders or any, uh, any of our prayer team people up. If you have anything you need prayer for, if this some part of the message just uh, touched you um, and you need prayer for that, uh, come forward. If not, be blessed. Have an amazing uh, holiday week. Um, be safe. And uh, don't forget about Saturday with the fundraiser. God bless.